Blue Deck number 29. Hello, this is Caitlin Lavagna and you are listening to Blue Deck. One last toast to ciders in the sunshine Pretending that we're alright We were close but couldn't take the pressure Now I've got a confession Cross my fingers, hope to die Before you find out, before I hit the ground Party's over, it's goodnight Word is going around, I am working out How not to start a Caitlin Lavagna and How Not to Start a Fight, kicking off today's a very special Blue Deck. My name's Phil Coyne, hope you're all doing very well. So this is the first in a series of what I'm calling the Blue Deck Spotlight, which is essentially a show where I interview an artist or a band, and then we cut all the answers up, play a few of their tracks, and it's a show. It all stemmed from the point that my internet isn't very good down here in Cornwall. It's not as reliable as I'd like it to be. So it's very hard to record interviews. 
And also it's it's a chance to get into the mind of the artist. Because obviously what I do is just send them the questions a few weeks in advance of the interview. They go and record them. And then they're essentially doing what I do every week or every day in November. And then sending back the answers. So Caitlin originally got in touch with me on Twitter. She sent me her first single, which we just heard, which is How Not to Start a Fight. I listened to it a few times and I thought, yes, this is perfect for Blue Deck. And at the time, I just started thinking about the daily shows and what I was going to do and how I was going to make it a little bit different to the weekly ones. So I just thought, why not have Caitlin on as a spotlight? We'll play her single and go from there. And when she messaged back, she said, well, I've got a new single coming out on the 3rd of November. So that was almost perfect timing to get this together. So a little bit about Caitlin. This is from her bio that she sent. So she was born in the Ronda with strong Gibraltar roots, and she's developed a huge passion for percussion. With a strong, rich vocal and a knack for instant pop hook, she blends honest songwriting with an exciting rhythmic core. So whether it's sharing the bill with other up-and-coming artists, or supporting well-established bands, or headlining her own show, she will always bring the fiesta so people can let loose and shake their frames. Right, so with that, let's get into the interview. So the first question. What is the best advice you've ever been given? I had to think really hard about this one, actually, because when you do lots of, like, drumming lessons, singing lessons, you know, creative stuff from from quite a young age, lots of different teachers tell you different things and give you different advice. Um, And then also there's obviously the advice you take from your idols. So for me, it would be, like, Dolly Parton, Florence and the Machine, Pink. Um, And I started Googling things because I do love a quote. People know me for that. (laughs) Um, And actually, one that really sticks out to me was um, one of my drumming teachers, Mark Hibbert. Um, He he used to have this thing where if I was struggling to get a groove or to read one of my exam pieces, he'd say to me, put can't in your pocket, because I'd sit there and go, I can't do that, I can't. Like, I can't. I can't get it, I can't do it, and I'd always, that's the thing I would say when I, when I was frustrated uh, whilst learning drums when I was younger, and um, yeah, he used to say, put can't in your pocket, so really weirdly, kind of full circle, when I was recording this single, I was in the singing booth, and there was one part that after doing a full day of cramming in drums and percussion and harmony parts and stuff, I left the chorus till quite late in the day to record and I was just absolutely exhausted after travelling from Wales to London to record as well with my drum kit and, you know, um, and I drank a lot of coffee, which probably isn't the best thing to admit, <laughs> but it was to keep me going. Um, and yeah, I I just had, they were like, okay, we're going to take three, you're going to do this time, you're going to do this time. Um, and I, I just had this thought of like, put can't in your pocket, just put can't in your pocket. Um, kind of knowing that I can do it it's just my head getting in the way so yeah I'd say like other than the obvious like 
you know, uh, Dolly Parton quotes and stuff, which I definitely stick around my room because I'm that person. <laughs> um, it probably would be put can't in your pocket, give something a go, you know. You're never going to know if you're good at something unless you, you know, you're not afraid to fail and learn from that. Um, so, yeah, that's my, uh, the, the best advice I've been given. Thank you, Mark. Legend. That is great advice and something that can be applied to everything. So not just music, it could be studying or work or something like, I don't know, podcasting. I remember when I first started working at Rhubarb Radio and I went in there as a volunteer. I just lost my job. Essentially, the guy that I work for texted me on, I think on one of the days, I think it was like the Thursday or something and said, don't come in today, the company's gone bust. I was like, okay. So I was in a little bit of a pickle, shall we say. And I'd already been doing a show for a few weeks at this point. And I knew that there was an issue with uh, Listen Agains. And this was at the point where they just started sort of being used by the BBC for like their radio content. And Rhubarb had sort of latched onto that and developed their own thing. But for whatever reason, I guess this is quite common with volunteer places. The guy that developed it got a new job, didn't have time to sort of devote to it. So it was sort of left broken. So I thought, right, I'll uh, I'll have a go at it. I know computers. Had a look, no idea. Couldn't tell you what was going on. I was like, mm, can't do it. So what he did is he enrolled me on a course over a weekend, I think it was, to learn the language that the server and all the other bits and gubbins were written in. So I went and did that. It must have cost, you know, 1,500 quid or something, but he's like, no, we need to get this sorted. This will develop your skills. I was like, okay. So I did it, did the course, really enjoyed it. And I went back in on the Monday and I was like, right, let's have another look. And it took me hours, but I managed to get it sorted. And I think ever since then, whenever I get something that I think I can't do, I'll have a go, I'll have a bit of a hissy fit, and come back to it a few hours later and I've thought, right, I can do this, and go from there. So the next question... What does your favourite space to work in look like? My favourite space to work in probably looks like... um, It's probably quite dark, cosy. There's probably fairy lights or some kind of wacky lighting. I really love those, like, salt lamps, the warm kind of orange ones. And there's definitely musical instruments in there. And it's soundproof. (laughs) Because uh, I just get a little bit um, weird about if people can hear me singing and stuff sometimes. Um, depending on who I'm living with, obviously. Um, and yeah, it would probably have like a speaker in there. Um, but yeah, dark, cosy, warm. A space that's kind of not distracting at all, you know? Where I can just be on my own and probably you know wear something comfy and spend the day in there recording stuff that's the kind of feeling that I came up with when when you asked that question then (laughs) but it also might be because it's my favorite month 
slash season of the year autumn and that's how I'm feeling right now kind of fairy lights candles uh hot chocolates warm drinks tights and boots and soup and leaves falling off the trees and rough weather and walks and yeah I could go on and on but yes that's the type of space uh, that I like to work in I guess it all depends on what you do for work as well doesn't it a lot of people will go to an office and they'll work but if you're creative it's always great to be surrounded by things that focus your mind now before I moved down to Cornwall I had my own sort of design studio with two other designers and we created some prints and the print was essentially it's like a forest scape I'll put a little picture up so you can see but essentially it's a forest scape with a bit of screen printed like a red orangey circle and in that circle it says originality provokes invention so wherever I've lived since that point, I've had that above my workspace. And yeah, I've got my I've got my comforts, I've got my lights, I've got my plants, which I love. But I always go back to that. I always refer to it when I get a little bit stuck on something as well, or if things aren't going well, I'll just look up and it's there. And that's really comforting. So on the flip side of that, what does your favourite space to relax in look like? On the flip side of that, um, my favourite kind of space to relax in probably is outdoors um, and it's probably near the sea. Um, I love the water, I love swimming. Um, I'm not a mad fan of like being on a beach, weirdly, but like stormy weather, being by the sea, um, yeah, I find that really relaxing, uh, even if it's kind of rough weather. Um, but also, again, you know, cosy, warm spaces where you can get snuggly and just, yeah, forget about the world a little bit. Um, yeah, I suppose that they're, they're kind of different, but also a bit similar, which is unhelpful. <laughs> Personally, I think it's quite important to be able to relax where you're working, especially when you're creating stuff as well. So I relax in the same space that I work in, essentially. So the comforts that I have to help me work also help me relax. Okay, so next we are going to play the new single by Caitlin that came out today. It's called Night Bus, and it's on Blue Deck Spotlight. I'm feeling sad, sad girl on the train I feel so bad, it's coming back again Come to London City when you cry you look so pretty It's a waste that no one looks at your face When I close my eyes it's when I feel like I'm alright When I'm awake then I get lost in the space I'm so
project me anyway Come to London City when you cry you look so pretty It's a waste that no one looks at your face When I close my eyes it's when I feel like I'm alright When I'm awake then I get lost in the space I'm so single night bus is all about being a young creative um, in a in a big city and kind of getting that feeling of like being swallowed up by things that are out of your control as an example when I lived in London I had to work like 40 hours a week in a coffee shop so when I was free to do kind of um, songwriting or drumming or singing or auditions um, I was kind of worn out and I wasn't really being my best self so I wasn't getting the opportunities that I kind of deserved and I'd worked hard for. Um, so yeah, it's kind of that feeling of being in a never-ending circle of um, like being stuck, um, which I think a lot of people will relate to. I'm really excited about this one. It's uh, like I said, it's my second single, and it's really for people like me and who have experienced moving back home after trying their best to follow their dreams in a place that they believed would kind of give them a big break. I really enjoyed it and the story as well, like the story of going to the big city, trying to make it, and then obviously that cycle that you get into as well. I always think it's important not to let your dreams die, essentially. So if that's what you want to do, go ahead and do it you know you can make it happen and I guess with the last 20 years of reality tv shows they kind of foster that mentality that ordinary people can be successful not just through winning like x-factor or pop idol 
or the voice, but by hard work and getting your name out there. And I guess it's a little bit easier these days with the internet because you can get picked up quite easily and gain a bit of traction and, and go from there. So congratulations on releasing your second single, Caitlin. I really hope it's well received because it's such a good commentary on what it's like for someone to go to London to go after their dreams. If you could get into the studio and collaborate with any artist, who would it be and why? My absolute no questions asked um, artist that I would absolutely die to collaborate with is Florence and the Machine. I think she is incredible. I think her lyrics are poetic and beautiful. She's stunning. I think she's just like art. She just is like a walk-in painting. Um, and obviously her music and her writing is, is for me really kind of um, inspiring as a female singer and drummer. Um, yeah, lots of her albums. I, I could, I just think there's, there's just so much, so much depth to what she writes. Um, and she really captures a feeling and an emotion and a story in her songs. Whereas, um, which I think is quite uh, unusual for pop. I don't, I don't like to say that because I've released a pop song that's got a story to it. But I just think like it could be, it's just so theatrical. And I think as an actress, um, I'm definitely um, that way inclined when I write, or I try to be anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, she's great, I love it. Although I probably would need a doctor on site just because of how much I adore everything that she does. If I was in a room with Florence and the Machine, I don't think I don't think I could keep my cool at all. <laughs> That's a great answer. I think you would work really well together. You've got a very similar style. And a lot of Florence's music I've got on my playlist that I go to, you know, when I'm feeling a bit reflective so yeah I would like to see that hopefully one day it happens if you could change anything about the music industry what would it be there are many things I would change about the music industry I would start by clarifying with royalties and stuff um, who has what and who deserves what for the amount of time and effort and energy that goes into the vast amount of work that comes with releasing even one song. Um, you know, the amount of people that are involved in that and the people who have to be paid and this time and this energy and it's, it's really believing in a project and getting behind somebody's vision for something, which is a huge job and, you know, almost the, the, the background team that kind of don't get the praise when it's released are the people who make the song. Um, and, yeah, I've always just thought that, that that needs to be sorted out. <laughs> um, but yeah, the other thing I would change is probably the kind of issue females have especially. Uh, but I think it, it stands for any gender or person um, of image, like the kind of image side of things and, and the styling and the, uh, the exhausting levels of promo and, and having to kind of plug yourself online and Instagram and social media and it's really exhausting to a point where actually it kind of stops you from doing the work itself like just sitting down and writing a song 
I think people, artists these days, are definitely asked to be everything and that exhausts their creativity, which ironically is kind of what this song is about. It's about just being exhausted by everything. I think, unfortunately, the debate about royalties is one that's going to go on and on across this series. There are very few independent artists that are able to make and release songs consistently because they also have day jobs and they also have bills to pay and mortgages and things like that. And a very good point about image and changing the way that we treat every person, every gender in terms of music. For me, music is music. If I like it, then I'll play it on the show, I'll follow the artists, I'll promote them. You know, I'll go and buy their downloads and things when they come out, the physical releases, if they can get them. And in terms of promotion, I understand how difficult it can be, you know, starting from the beginning and getting yourself in front of people that might have an interest in what you're putting out. So I do really admire independent artists to that extent as well, not only because of their music, but also how they promote themselves and how they grow their fan base as well. So the next question for you, Caitlin. If you were a bear, what kind would you be and why? Okay, my knowledge of different bears is not great, <laughs> but I did Google this and even though I wanted to say I'd be like, Pooh Bear, because I really like honey. I thought that was a bit boring. So, um, I would be a giant panda. Um, a, because they're beautiful anyway. And I was just reading a little bit about them. Um, they can swim, and I love swimming. Um, they spend a lot of their day eating, which is also what I do. <laughs> um... And really interestingly, other bears are known to attack humans just like anyway, but the giant pandas are like they've been known to attack humans presumably out of irritation rather than like aggression. And I think that sums me up a little bit as a person. I'm not very aggressive, but if I get irritated by something, I'll probably let somebody know. <laughs> um, I think I think in my older age of 26, I've learned that about myself. Um, I can kind of hold something in and put up with something and then when I get irritated, it all just comes out at once and maybe I'm a little bit flippant or, yeah, aggressive then. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was really, really interesting. That is a great answer and I do admire that you've actually taken some time to research different kinds of bears as well. Okay, so penultimate question for you, Caitlin. How do you write your songs? I write my songs... Oh, God, what a great question. It seems so simple, but... Um, normally what happens with me is that I will be in the shower and I'll start humming a melody. I don't really know where it comes from. I'll just... I'll be washing my hair and I'll, I'll sing, like, uh, as an example... And I'll keep repeating that and I'll keep repeating that until I get out of the shower and I can quickly hop over to my phone and kind of ruin it by 
press and record and I'll just record the melody. Then I kind of don't even listen to it for ages and then the next time I go on my voice notes on my phone, um, I'll listen to it back and I think, oh, maybe these lyrics go with it or, you know, I've experienced this and, and that that thing that happened in my life made me feel this way. Maybe this is a cool way of summing that up. Oh, wait, that connects to this melody. Isn't that fun? And then before you know it, I've recorded a few more little voice snippets. And then I usually, because I'm a drummer, I do struggle um, with kind of chord progressions and, and kind of things that make sense other than me just singing a tune. So I'd normally send it to, like, one of my friends who I know is a brilliant guitarist or pianist, and I'd say, you know, are you up for writing? Um... Most recently, that was Mark, because um, I came back home and we reconnected after studying in secondary school together. And yeah, um, he was like, cool, this is a really good idea. Um, let's jam it. So he came round. We were in my conservatory with a cup of tea and we jammed the song. And then normally I get, I'll sit there with like a notebook because I'm quite old school. and I like to like write things out and doodle and stuff. <laughs> um and yeah, I'll talk about the thing that I'm trying to write about and I'll see what Mark thinks and if he's experienced something similar or I'll say, you know, I want to say this thing but how do I say it in a way that's not cliche or doesn't sound a certain way to a guy or a girl or anyone in between and all that stuff. And then, yeah, before you know it, end of the session, I'll have um, a full version of a song with with a, a, a very basic structure and a very basic idea of a chorus and verse and pre-chorus and blah, blah, blah. And then I pretty much get in contact with the producer and come up with the kind of garage band version of it or the demo and send it off and and say, you know, if I was to go into a studio, would you be up for mixing this and engineering it and mastering it and stuff? And then, yeah, it's just, for me, I really like getting other people involved because I think it kind of represents different years that are going to be listening to your music. Oh, sorry, I should say ears <laughs> that should be listening to your music. Um, I think I don't know many songwriters or friends of mine anyway um, that write completely on their own anymore because I think there's just a kind of level of anxiety that comes with going, well, I've written this song and, and it must be right because I like it because sometimes you've got to cater to your audience as well. So there's a really fine balance there. Um, and it's really nice to have a friend turn around to you and say, actually, that kind of sounds a bit weird or that doesn't really work. Let's try and figure out another way of doing it. Um, and yeah, I really enjoy the first stages of songwriting where you can just sit with somebody and um, just jam something out like, and come up with something. It's, it's really, really fun. And I guess also it's really useful to be able to bounce those ideas off someone that you've known for quite a while as well that must go some way into being successful at writing songs with them okay so the last question for you today caitlin what's next for you so i started uh panto rehearsals two weeks ago in the beautiful uh theater cloyd in north wales um, it's Robin Hood and I've been cast as a character called Snot and I'm also the lead drummer um, and yeah, it's 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 intense. <laughs> I think tomorrow we've actually got like a 12 hour day or something insane. I think it's like 10am until 9pm. There's lots of dancing, there's lots of sword fighting, stage combat lots of comedy, lots of singing, lots of dancing, lots of playing instruments and 
Working with acting musicians at Christmas is probably the most magical time to do it, um, especially in a rock and roll panto, especially in North Wales, uh, in Theatre Cloyd. It's a bit of a dream come true for me to work there. Um, so yeah, I guess that's, that's what comes with being an acting musician. You can kind of release solo music and do music things. Um, oh, that's awful. Music oriented work. <laughs> And then you can just have a break from that when you get castings up there and go, actually, now I'm going to act for a bit. Um, so for the meantime, that's kind of what's next for me. Um, I'm unemployed again as of January. <laughs> so if anybody's looking for anybody, I'm here. Um, but that just means that what I'll probably do is save up a bit of money now and probably keep writing. So maybe there's another single, maybe there's another EP, maybe I'll wait a bit longer and try and write three songs. Um, and maybe I'll collaborate with some of my other musical pals who are doing similar things to me because I just really enjoy kind of bouncing off each other and, yeah, working in that way. Um, but I am so excited for this single to finally be out. I feel like it's been a, a few months in the making and, and from when it was recorded and mastered, um, it's been about a month now, so this week feels a little bit nerve-wracking and, and exciting and, and all of the things. Um, I'm really, really proud of what I've written and how much more of it I've done myself this time. Um, but also in the same in the same breath, I've got the most incredible friends, the most talented people around me and they're all so supportive and really want me to to kind of achieve the the sound and vision that I see uh, or have seen for this um so yeah really excited for Panto it's in Theatre Cloyd from the oh, let me get this right November the 19th up until January the 14th so if you're around North Wales and you fancy coming to see it it is an absolute hoot um, and yeah, I'll continue to make music and to learn from the response to this new sound that I've created that's a bit more me, I think. Thank you so much for taking time out of panto rehearsals and everything else that you've got going on to come and do this spotlight for me. I've really enjoyed it. I love the insight into an artist. And I can't wait to hear your future releases because I'll definitely be playing them on Blue Deck. Caitlin Lavagna on the first Blue Deck Spotlight. I hope you've enjoyed it, guys. You can get in contact with the show. It's phil at bluedeckshow.com. Facebook and Twitter is at bluedeckshow. If you'd like to leave a voice comment, it's speakpipe.com forward slash bluedeck. Go and check out Caitlin's music on Spotify and all of the good music download sites. Her new single, Night Bus, is out now. You can also find her on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Caitlin Lavagna. I'll be back tomorrow for another daily show. Until then, I've been Phil Coyne. You've been listening to Blue Deck Spotlight number one. Stay safe, Blue Deckers. Thank you so much for listening to Blue Deck. Did you know that if you'd like to support the show, you can go to bluedeckshow.com forward slash support. If you'd like to, you can make a donation. And at the moment, you can also sign up completely free of charge to become an early access member of Blue Deck. Go and check it out.